podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Chessie Hour post-match show. I'm Daniel Soft and I'm joined by the two regulars. If what are you saying? I'm good, bro. I'm good. How you doing? I mean, all good. Um, almost there. It's the final countdown. And we're also joined by Baz. What are you saying, bro? In the words of late um, Kirby Ryan, job's not done. Job's not done. We have just won. Job not match. finished. It's not finished, I know. Uh, but we've just won a match after, I think, two straight losses, right? And L's are yeah. not used to L's under two balls. So it's good to win a match. But let's obviously paint in the picture. Um, you're listening to this now. We've just beat Leicester 2-1. They beat us in the FA Cup final. Um, it's first match where there's been fans allowed in. Um, how are you feeling? Forget about all of the details of the match, but how are you feeling after that match, Meads? Uh, just exhausted, to be fair. Um, yeah. Very exhausted. That was um, a game that almost encom- like, encompassed most of our season, ultimately, where we create a number of chances mm-hmm. um, and we fluff our lines. Um, it's just been a the theme of the season. It's, it's no surprise that Jorginho, who scored the seventh goal of the season from a penalty spot, mm. um, is our top goal scorer in the league um, with seven goals. Man. So it's just a bit of a madness, really. Um, you could put that largely down to a number of reasons, but the over-reliance or the reliance on a player that doesn't seem to be a, a clinical goal scorer mm. um, has been the Achilles heel. And I think that's been largely the reason why we've not had well, this season hasn't been as comfortable as it really should have been, in my personal opinion. We're up to third now, mm-hmm. um, and I think that really should have been 
if first, second or third really could have been us this season if we had uh, a more clinical or not even just a clinical, but just a better structure up front, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Do you know what this is? This is a thing for us because I feel like if we go back to the Sari season, we finished top four, but it felt like almost if we had a better striker than Morata, we could have finished higher. And then under Lampard, first season, we managed to get top four, but it was like, okay, cool, we could have done better. And I feel like it's another season. Babs, we just beat Leicester, it's 2-1, we won. We're that much closer to um, obviously securing Champions League through the league. We still have another opportunity to do that through obviously the Champions League final. But how are you feeling after that match? Um, oh yeah, I feel like a lot of chickens are coming to roost, man. You know, I said on the podcast, you know, about a certain, um, you know, how people treat academy players versus how they treat Wilkie signings. Mm-hmm. And boy, I didn't think it will come, it will come this soon. But other than that, you know, I feel a bit relieved that we've um, managed to gain some um, separation. Yeah. But yeah, it, it feels good to get a win after that um, demoralizing win on on Saturday. I'm not getting, I'm not getting that much joy. Maybe it's just the marathon of the season, and it's just that okay, let's get the job done. And obviously, we're Chelsea supporters. We've grown up on trophies, so I'm not expecting you to celebrate top four. But um, so that that is that right? And is that win? Is that something to celebrate, or is it like cool? Let's just get the season over. Let's get top four. Hey like. man, for, for for me, that's definitely something to celebrate. I yeah. feel like if you celebrate that, you're gonna get caught in that trap yeah. of complacency. And for me personally, I'm just hoping the players keep a cool head mm-hmm. and remember that the job's not done, man. A draw's not good enough. Okay. On All Sunday, right. E- even if okay, I'll let I'll let you go. On, sorry. No, that's cool. Finish your line and then we'll get into that. I was going to say, even if um, Leicester lose to Spurs, you know, or, or, or Liverpool don't gain points, I want to see us finish the season strong going into that, going into that final. Yeah, because we can qualify for the top four tomorrow if I think Liverpool are paying someone like Burnley. They're probably yeah, going to win that game. But yeah, so we probably do have to do it on that final day. Let's talk about the match and let's let's go through the people that frustrated because I'm getting a frustration vibe from you guys. So let's dig into that. Uh, we'll start with me. Who frustrated you today? Um, Timo Werner frustrated me today. Uh, once again, I feel like a lot of unintelligent play um, comes from him every game. Um, he's very dangerous, don't get me wrong. Very dangerous. And he look, he's the one that got the winning penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably should have had another penalty. In fact, not probably. He definitely should have had another penalty um, earlier um, in the game. So he causes a lot of havoc. And that's why him out of the team, for me, is a big problem. I think he he, he has to start because he causes so much mayhem. Despite the fact that frustration will always be there, I'll never be happy with Timo Werner starting and playing regularly for us because of his slack um, play. Um, but he, he causes he causes damage. He, he causes damage or, or against, against opponents. So Timo Werner frustrated me. I also felt um, he was no everyone out there. Timo Werner was frustrating. Pulisic was dreadful. That didn't even frustrate me because I know what Pulisic is really like. Pulisic, Pulisic is very much a, a moments player, um, and I've said this for a long time. Pulisic is very much a moments player, and those moments could be excellent. Those moments could be actually brilliant, but for large portions of the game, generally he can be quite poor. And it's just, yeah, it's been really, 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 really bad. Um, he was really, really poor. All right. Uh, Babs, on, on those two players, but also, did anybody else frustrate you? Chai, I feel like you, you locked me on that question purposefully because you, you know me when it comes to Timo. If I speak, 
Well, be, well, well speak. Trouble, tell us hey, about Timo. Listen, I can't lie. You know what? I, I, I hold my hands up and I give him praise for you know winning two penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, get getting a handball goal. I give him praise for that. You know, it's, it's like giving praise to the to the special kid for you know writing his name say, down on, on, on the on the register. Is it fair to say he adds value? Is it fair to say that perhaps? It, it's fair to say he, he adds uh, he adds havoc. He adds havoc. You know, who's who's? I mean, some will call it value. You know, some will call it his touch. You know, leading to certain mistakes. But you know, I guess you can call it value. I guess you can call it value. It's about what you value, I guess. Okay. <laughs> All right. And what about Pulisic? Pulisic, um, well, <laughs> I'm not really surprised because um, this is kind of a game I, I expect from him in a long stretch of a season. Like, like Pulisic, he's, he's always been a he's always been a momentum kind of player, you know, like from his Dortmund days. And the fact that when he's playing poorly, you're just going to see these long stretches of games where he goes missing. He's in and out of games. He's barely completed a single dribble. He's not really doing much, you know. Like he, he's literally playing like a running back. He's just gaining yardage. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's quite worrying as well because this is a this is a player that I don't know why, but like I feel like fans um they hold all our other signings to, to their to their price tag. You know the, the Havertz, the Timo, mm. but the moment you even mentioned that Pulisic costs us sixty million, all money in last year of his contract, fans want to go silent. Do and you know I what? get you know I get the end of last season, you know. People hold that in high regard, and I understand it. But football is an ever-moving sport, and currently this season, he's been nothing short of dreadful. Okay. Do you know what might... That was a good point, by the way. And what might have helped Pulisic is that we signed him in January, so we had a whole back end of the season to forget about the price, and he came in, and there was no... Do you know what I'm saying? When the new transfer signs, like, okay, who's been your worst transfer? But because he really signed in January, maybe that's why people don't remember the 58 million. but talking about Werner, you listen, I think Meads mentioned Mayhem, you mentioned Havoc. I think it's chaos factor, but it's not a long-term solution. It, it, it can't be a long-term solution. Um, but I think I... Agree. It can't be. It can't be. It, it, it can't be a long-term solution. Um, Pulisic, let's not forget Pulisic, Werner and Ziyech, that was supposed to be the all-star attack. Um, coming into this game, we started, obviously, I think Havertz was injured. He may have, was supposed to be in the starting. But in terms of the attack, we had Mount playing today. Touch on Mount's performances. So it was Mount, Pulisic and Werner. Um, those two you weren't happy with. Jorginho's our top scorer. Um, so in terms, of the final, in terms of the final game and in terms of the Champions League, what are you thinking in terms of, okay, can we, can we do something to make our attack better? Because I know we scored two goals today, but it was a penalty and um, <laughs> another set piece. Mm. Well, um, for me, it's quite simple. Kai Havertz has to start. Mm-hmm. Um, Kai Havertz, as, as much as he's been um, hot and cold this season, I think generally you're going to get that from a player that's not been played consistently um, throughout the season, especially consistently up front or in the forward areas. So you're going to get hot and cold, considering he's only 21 as well. You're going to get that from him. But I think that Kai Havertz, of all the things that you get from him, is not only... The quality and his, I think his final third decision making is better than pretty much most of our attack. Um, I don't think there's many that are on his level in terms of final third decision making in our squad. Maybe Hudson Odoi, but he isn't really getting a look in, so I don't really consider him as a, a viable option to be starting um, at this moment in time. Um, yeah, I, I feel like um, a, a Mount because I feel Mount isn't necessarily part of the attack. Um, 
as much as he is very heavily involved, I think Mount is almost like the in-between the midfield and the attack because he drops off into that pocket and drops off into midfield more than Pulisic and more than Timo Werner and even Havertz when he plays. So I feel like Mount's responsibility is the link between the two. Um, and yeah, yeah, I feel like Mount's fulfilling his duties pretty well. I don't think he's necessarily going to be scoring a bucket full of goals mm-hmm. in that role. Um, but when you have that, and when you have a player in those offensive spots that isn't going to be scoring the goals, you need two others that are going to get you the goods. And when you look at Pulisic, I think he's only scored four goals this season, one assist in the Premier League. Um, uh, I, I can only, I'd probably say about 18 starts. Um, Timo Werner has only got six Premier League goals this season. Um, only what scored one in his last 28 Premier League games. It's really, really poor. Um, so again, you need a person that's clinical or a call in front of goal or maybe not even in terms of the scoring or finishing and shooting but just in their final third decision making so that could be shooting passing just a calmness in possession retaining the ball um to sustain attacks and sustain pressure so yeah i feel like the 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 attack needs a real shake-up um because there's a certain facets that i just completely dislike completely it is our worst area but mount i think that was interesting what you say in terms of Let's not necessarily think of him as a pure attacker. He does come back and help in midfield. He's so on it when we lose the ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm willing to kind of... If you're doing deep work, I'm always willing to cut you slack in the goals. In terms of Mount, um, player of the season for Chelsea, voted by the fans. Um, he was man of the match today, I think, voted by whether it was BT or Sky. He did have some... Uh, Mount, when you watch Mount, I want to kind of give him credit for his touch. I, f- I think sometimes when you watch Mount's, Mount's touch, it reminds me of when I watched Matter's touch, or like obviously not saying the same level, but when Matter brought the ball out of the air, when Hazard brought the ball out of the air, it was quality. And I, I see that in Mount, but also the way he uses his body as well, right? And then the cuts that he does to find the angles between people. I think he, he showed a lot of that today. Yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I, think, I think Mason Mount's um, just technical ability is very underrated. Very, very, very underrated, in fact. I think I remember there were people saying that the players like Madison are clear of Mason Mount. Yeah. And I, it's, it used to disgust me because that's I dub. forgot. That's a dub. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a big dub. That's a big dub. Mason Mount, let me not. Madison, oh, anyway, let me not. Like yeah. I said before, I've said two years ago, Madison is probably one of the most overrated players in the Premier League. <laughs> For people to be saying that he's clear of other players, I find it bonkers. Because when you look at Mount and look at Madison today, night and day, night and day. For yeah. someone that is supposedly clear of him, yeah. it is night yeah. and day. Anyway, so well, it's, it's so, so much a dub, yeah. you don't need to yeah. talk about it too much. Okay. Okay. But I was just going to say, before this season, everyone was saying Grealish, Madison, and then Mount, to maybe a level or two down. This season yeah. changed that. It's, it's changed it. Everybody yeah. yeah, because Mason Mount has shown consistently that he's a good player. He's yeah. a good player. And he's not just a good player that he doesn't... The thing about Mason Mount, he doesn't flutter in and out of games. He's always a present yeah, in the game. Present. Exactly. So you, you can't, you can't, spot on there. Spot on. And that's what I'm saying. You, 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 you want to rate these players that have moments and stuff. But Mason Mount, deservedly our player of the season this year, because he's always ever-present, whether he is lung-busting challenges or trying to press or he's trying to create something in the final third or he's trying to break a line in the middle of the park. Yeah. He's doing it. 
he's doing that. He's ever present. And his high energy, high octane play is showcased as to why he's so important to not only Frank Lampard when he was here, but Thomas Tuchel too. And, and even Southgate. Yeah, and he's done that, but also the moments of quality. We want to highlight that too. Babs, Absolute facts. Babs on Mount today. And then we'll go on to, I think, the defence. I think we had some good performances defence. Yeah, I just wanted to echo what me said as like Mount never shine. And I feel like it's something that people don't really appreciate at times because there's a lot of players that if they're not having a good game, they will hide away. You know, they will hide away and try to damage limitation, but you know Mount's going to give his 100%. He may not be having a good game in front of the goal, but you know he's going to be coming back, tracking back, pressing, pressing from the front. He's yeah. always going to link the attack to the, the, the midfield to the attack. And you just know that he's going to be a player that no matter if he's playing bad or if he's playing, or if he's playing amazing, He's yeah. going to be there to offer value to the team. You know, like, I, I'm not going to. Like, I don't think he's the most creative at times, but you just know he's still going to be able to. He's still going to be there to try. If you there, get were, what I mean. there were times today when he found Werner in the pocket, and I Werner very well. Werner, yeah, yeah, and I wanted Werner to do more of it, but Werner didn't have the confidence. But what I'll say as well, when Mount went down injured, I promise you, and I think Meads put it in the chat too. He said Mount will be all right. He is so robust; it's crazy. I, I, I could see him. Do you know what I'm saying? I could see some. Uh, I can see him like have a serious injury and still think actually he might complete the game. So like he's so robust. We don't want to because sometimes when you see players like that, you can push their body to the limit. We don't want to push to the limit, but I think that's a facet of his game too. Yeah. The fact that he's mad robust. Uh, uh, yeah, that that that's a that's a, a credit to Mason now as well because I feel that that's part of his attitude and persona. Yeah. Um, because you don't really get that many players like that, especially the the, the younger gen. Um, I don't think we've had a player like that who was willing to play through injury, willing to put his body on the line. Like, probably since JT, in terms of, like, the one academy. Because, look, 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 for example, remember last season where he almost snapped his leg? Um, And Lampard was like, oh, God, he he might be out for a while. And then Mason was like, no, bro, give me injections. I'm going to play through it. And, yeah, he was poor for a large proportion of that because he was playing through the pain. But that tells you a lot about Mason Matt's attitude, yeah. because he's thinking to myself, if I get a long stint out of this team, I actually might not get back in again. Yeah. So his mentality is to, to... Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. You know, um, well, put Chelsea first. You know what I mean? So he's willing to put him, his body on the line for that, and that's a quality that you, you, you honestly, you, 
is lacking and not 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 in modern day football, but I think it's just a quality that's lacking. It's a good quality to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, players are well within their rights to protect themselves, but yeah. that's a quality that I I I highly highly regard. You know what I mean? And, and Kante kind of like Mount, someone that's ever present, someone that's got a lot of energy, and for a lot of the time he was mad robust. You never used to see him come off. He came off today. Um, we'll touch on his performance a little bit. I'll kind of touch on it. I think there were times at today, do you know, like that, the Real Madrid game where Kante, as an attacking force, as an attacking creator force, the, the offside goal, I think, it was all Kante. And um, the ball came to him. He made a positive pass because sometimes when players receive the pass, so, so often they just pass it back to where it came from. He'd done a positive pass down the line, received it back and broke through. One of my favourite things, do you remember when Ruben Loftus-Cheek would get the ball and he would break through that midfield line and it's like beating them? We see Kante doing that. Kante, the attacking midfielder, and he caused the goal. Um, so Kante, enough respect to him. And then what I want to touch on is Kovacic came on for Kante. Now, I think it was, was it me? Was it you and account that said that Kovacic had a good um, cameo? Um, I didn't say he had a good cameo. I said, that's the thing. When we're commenting live on the game, mm-hmm. I think people take it as timestamp of the entire match. Yeah, okay. Kovacic, when he came on, I, for me, you look excellent. Yeah. I think he, he really improved us um, in terms of looking after the ball. He also helps us in terms of progressing the ball quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's the criticism that I've always had of Kovacic, where he, he and Jorginho often take too long to break the line when the pass is on. Yeah. But when he came on, he did it straight away. I remember there was a pass yeah, to Timo Werner to find him on behind. Yeah. And I think Timo took it wide for something anyway, as Timo <laughs> yeah. does. Um, but it was always there. That was always there. Um, so, yeah, I thought Kovic has done really, really well. Unfortunately, he made a big mistake, which they yeah. capitalised yeah. on for the goal. Although I did think that was kind of a foul, but I'm not going to, you know. I, I thought the referees today, were, the officiating today, was disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. So it looked yeah. like they tried to do their absolute most to make sure that Chelsea don't win that game. But you know, yeah, it was I'm going to start on as a subject, but um, over to you, Babs, in terms of the midfield, Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante a little bit too. What was your thought? Yeah, I feel like that game particularly. I thought Jorginho had a really good game. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I, I thought he was yeah. secure in possession. There were, he took a, he took a lot more. He took, I think he took a couple more risks than what you'd normally do. Um, he was able to carry the ball pretty well. He was making good tackles. You know, he was, he was intercepting the ball well. Like, I feel like it was a very good performance to see, especially after that um, Leic- that Leicester game over the weekend. And even seeing Kovacic coming on, in that first half specifically, I thought he did well to come on and adapt to the game well. Yeah. It sounds like something that's so basic, but I feel like we've forgotten that sometimes, um, like, for instance, like a Kante, when he's come on late into a game, he's yeah. been a bit rusty, but... In a game of this importance, to see Kovacic come on yeah. and be secure in possession for that first half, it was really good. In the second half, it was a bit shaky. You know, there, there was that um, there was that challenge that that led to the goal. You know, so I, I felt it it could it could have been a foul, but I think it could have been a bit better in the possession there. But other than that, um, I can't really have any qualms over our midfield. Yeah, I mean, Jorginho, as we said before, top goal scorer in the Premier League. Uh, that's nothing to celebrate. All penalties. Yeah, nothing to celebrate, man. It's, it's scary. <laughs> it is scary. But I'd echo your thoughts. Interception, he was great. Um, Kovacic done well. I agree with both of you when he came in. It's the thing is with Kovacic, where he comes deeper because he's always going to try and dribble out of situations. That's always going to be a risk. And it, it, yeah. it obviously, senior man. I just knew when he came on. I knew when Iniesta came on. He's notching. I knew uh, it. And do you know what I knew, Dan? Yeah. Do you know what I knew when they said he hadn't scored on the Tuesday? Tru- he hadn't scored on the Tuesday. I was like, you know yeah. what? Yeah, boy. Exactly. Yesterday is going to be the day he uses his soap. 
But I think our defence done pretty well. But I want to give credit to Thiago Silva because aerially, so many balls came over, tried to come over the top, and he was there. There was times, do you know, like when a defender does an action where uh, there's a moment where your heart is thinking, okay, something can happen here. But then they make a pass or they just make a touch, which kind of calms the whole situation down. I thought Thiago Silva was great at that today. I loved Reese James, right centre-back. Give me more of Reese James, right centre-back. Yeah, he, he's quality there, man. And, and yeah. I saw a couple of people blaming him for that goal. And I, mm. The pass was, was very comfortable. Like, boys, I, I'm, I'm very surprised. Me, can you not tell me? Look, we've been, it's like two criticisms in the pod, bro. The only thing he's not hearing is Cho. But that Reese James <laughs> at right centre-back, we've been saying it for years, yeah. bro. Yeah. We've been saying it ages. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm seeing a lot of rival fans trying to do an agenda. Oh, why is your best right back playing at centre back? Oh, that's just Harold. Big man. That's listen, that's just listen, man. Listen, focus on getting top four. We'll focus yeah. on getting top four. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that in the summer of the Euros. Don't, don't worry about that. What, what, I, what I like about Reese James in that position, and by the way, Thiago again was coaching him the same way that he, he usually does anyway, which is good. But uh, I like that. Don't forget, we've seen Reese James as a midfielder before at Wigan. And I think him kind of facing forward, making passes forward, because I feel like he was passing through the lines too. I prefer that a lot more because sometimes when he's right wing back, he can just give the ball back to sender. And I thought that um, he was so comfortable in the middle because it's more of a middle. Um, and then... Yeah, the- I, Go on. I, I, wait, I just wanted to say, so I've always been saying, Reese James as a right back is a lot better than he is as a wing back because he's got a bigger picture. Yeah. He's able to tuck in and he's not super wide. So when you're able to tuck in and see a clearer and bigger picture, your passing angles aren't limited. Yeah. Reese James is not, he's very, I wouldn't say he's brave, in fact. I don't think Reese James as a wingback is brave at all. Yeah. I think he's very, very, very conservative, even more so than Aspilicueta. I think Aspi has a lot more aggression and um, bravery in his play. That's probably why they swapped. I wouldn't be surprised if Tuchel swapped them because Reese James is far less brave on the ball. Tuchel's even said it in a couple of interviews. He's alluded to it that Aspie's far more braver. Um, Reese James got the speed, obviously, to recover at right centre back. But just in terms of going forward, Aspie's got is a lot more braver than Reese, which is you know crazy. The, the, the official line from Tuchel is that obviously with Vardy there, he wanted Reese James, who was a bit faster, but more aggressive, but like obviously stronger, to be there against Vardy, and it's obviously Leicester back to back, but. I think after seeing him here, um, I'm sure that Tuchel's looking at him thinking, okay, cool, we've got Livermento coming through too, so that's kind of how they fit into. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with his performance. But then on to the man, Rudiger, who um, his performance on the ball, he was great. Obviously, there was a touchdown fracker uh, as well. Rudiger he was a lead there too. Um, like he was just basically an aggressor. I think everybody has to hold it on Luke Rudiger because I know a lot of people uh yeah I know a lot of people so we're just hearing that <laughs> and allegedly with Vizca Sancho but I know a lot of people with Rudiger we all wanted him out but he's been such a great player for us and when you look at the breakdown of stats in terms of the games we've won with him and his team I know that sometimes that can just be casual but I, I definitely think he adds something to us and I think that um yeah he's mad aggressive no one wants to play against him um, even on the ball, like he, the way he attacks the space too. Um, I, I, he was my man of the match. I don't know about you guys. Um, you know what? It's a toss-up. 
I'll toss up between him and Mount. I think Mount was the only player in the final third and the middle third at, in that game. Oh, no, let's say final third. Um, who actually shown a smidgen of quality. Um, I felt like he was the one that kept lighting up the game. Even just certain things where he was just carrying the ball 40 yards and mm. like driving into the left of the fence. That was something that we didn't really get to see much of um, in the FA Cup final. And I do think that that was kind of tactically, he was a lot more um, reserved in that game. And maybe it was the occasion, I don't know. Um, but even in the FA Cup final, Mason Mount in the first half was the only one really that looked like he was going to do something in the, in, a, in the final third, even though he wasn't really situated in the final third. You know what I mean? So Mount for me, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, head and shoulders for me. I think, I think he was man of the match. But Antonio Rudiger, what can you say? The transformation of Antonio Rudiger since Tuchel has come in has been something that I don't think that a lot of people have actually spoken about enough. He's been absolutely superb, not just today. Um, you know what I mean? I think this this kind That's of fun. performance has been something that Rudiger has been putting in every single week on the Tuchel. And this season, we've only lost one game when Rudiger plays. One. One. If there's anyone that you want to rotate out your defence, it's not Antonio Rudiger. Because he gives us steel. He gives us composure on the ball. Some of the passes that he picks out, incredible. Like, and he breaks the line regularly. He's also able to carry the ball. His decision-making defensively has been second to none. So I feel like he, he a million percent deserves credit um, for the way the season has gone. And I'm hoping that he actually gets a new contract. I think he's only, what, 27, 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping he gets a new contract because he's absolutely deserved it. 100. Bad. Well, you got facts, man. Hey, listen, you don't need to invite me, man, to, to come and give this guy praise. Like, I, I was saying in Discord earlier on today, there haven't been many centre-backs. Chelsea, not just Chelsea, not just Prem, but across Europe, that have been as good as him mm-hmm. since Tuchel's come in. Like, honest, honestly, like, his distribution, the way he carries the ball, his 1v1 defending, his aerial threat, his ability to play off his weaker foot. Please, Meads, Dan, tell me a centre-back that's doing what Rudiger's doing. Lot, it's man. insane. It's insane. I, I have to, I have to, I honestly, I have to hold my hand, but I have to apologize because hey. I honestly believed he was the worst of the bunch. Babs, genuinely. You, you also need to apologize about for Chris Jensen, but it's okay. Don't worry. Hey. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hey. One apology at a time. Hey. Yeah. One at a time. One apology at a time. You know what I like about Rudiger? Um, I know he's German, but he's got this kind of African energy. Do you know, like how Drogba had? Obviously, Drogba grew up in Paris too, but. Do you know like how Drogba had that energy in terms yeah. of number one, you couldn't mess with him. Number Warrior one, spirit. there was no respect. He didn't show the other team no respect as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the energy that Rudiger's bringing to this team. Um, and I it's, know. Um, go on. It's it's just a warrior spirit essentially, yeah. bro. I, I see Rudiger and I see a warrior. Just for example, in the fracas, yeah. Prime example. Yeah. He saw. Pereira's challenge on Chilwell, which was actually disgusting, by the way. Like, he left the studs up to try and make contact, and that could have done real, real damage if, if Chilwell didn't manage to pull his leg back in just in time. Rudiger saw that, stood mm. up for his teammate, pushed Pereira, and said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And he saw, he, and he looked at Pereira like, I know exactly what you just tried to do. Mm-hmm. Pereira tried to fight back, and he held off Pereira, held off senior man, yeah. at the same time, folk, yeah. his eyes gazed at 
Pereira. Yeah. Like, I know what yeah. you just tried to do. Yeah. I know what you tried. And he backed his teammate to the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's big respect. Exactly. Big respect. So, like you said, he has this mentality of, you can't mess with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether, whether it's me directly or my teammates, you can't mess with us. And that's what you need. Fight. Leadership. That leadership quality, that fight, yeah. um, that desire and spirit is what we've missed for quite some time since mm-hmm. Costa left. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm so happy the way he's kind of developed, not just as a as a as a player, but seemingly as a leader in the in the club. I like the way he approached it because it's not like he lost his head. Do you know, like those situations where you can just see red? It wasn't like that. The way he kind of handled um, Ricardo was he was a small boy in him. Even when he pushed back, he was always kind of in control. And like in those situations, you can be worried you're going to get red, but he was. Just close enough to kind of show him that okay, we can't, we're not, we can't be messed with. We can't be messed with. But at the same time, he kept his head. Um, so yeah, with Rudiger, uh, we're happy. Obviously, there's not much to touch on with Mendy. The goal, um, the goal, you can't really blame him for. But there was a bit of passing from Mendy um, that was great in terms of build up. I can't remember exactly what happened. I don't know if you guys remember. What I, I can tell you, bro, because yeah. I'm Mendy high. You feel yeah. me? So, bro. Sometimes, yeah, when you watch your goalkeeper and he's getting pressed and he's on his weaker side, you're thinking, oh, fuck, no. I look at Mendy, like, today, I was looking at him with just one eye, just on that on that left foot. Yeah. He just sent a little daisy cutter on the left peg that, that to chill well. Under the pressure, under pressure. I was thinking, oh, my God. It's just the little things, man. Mm-hmm. It's the little things where that he, he invokes an air of confidence, not just his body language, but just the way that he gives his, he almost directs his players where to be when he's going to pass it. He's like, all right, I've, I've got the ability to find you. Just move into a nice space. I've got you. You just picking off passes. And when, again, it's just back to when people are saying that Arisa Balaga is a better pass than Mendy. It's an actual crime. It's a crime to hold that position. Crime. Because Mendy is so comfortable on the ball. His passes, his long range pick out, his short passes, all quality. You know what I mean? And yeah, like you said, for the goal, he couldn't really do much here. I mean, he did his very best to get down to it and get a, a fingertip to it. But it was such a good finish from Nacho, And because he hit so early, it was almost impossible for him to save. Um, but yeah, man, Mendy is such a good keeper. And I'm, I'm always thinking about the what-ifs. If Mendy was... Ugh, man, if Mendy was our keeper in the FA Cup final, yeah. I personally believe he'd been that. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. With, with Mendy, it's almost like he's an even deeper lying playmaker. There's some of the stuff, when they're pressing us, I'm just, Honestly, wow. Man. How did we get out? How did we get out of that situation? It's crazy. And under pressure too. The, the way that under he pressure, man. find people under pressure is crazy. Can, can I jump in real quick there? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. And one of the things that I think people understate with Mendy's passing is, is the quickness of how he does it. Yeah. Because a lot of keepers will like lit, like lit dally on the ball, but Mendy's he's punching passes in, he's, they're really quick, and he just helped the team counterattack extremely quickly. And I feel like sometimes, you know, when you know when the keepers are a bit shaking the ball, they're taking their time, you know, they're doing that whole like they're rolling their foot over it. It kind of like makes the team uneasy. But when you have Mendy on the ball, I feel like the team has like a sense of calm, which is something that we don't really have with a Kepa. Yeah. I don't want to like get onto Kepa, but I feel like Mendy like he brings like that calming nature around the team. And having him, you know, being a senior player around the guys, you can really see that his impact has like it's been it's been amazing this season. Yeah, I, so before we wrap up, we'll end there. I think we've covered all the players. We've been linked to Sancho. Um, 
Any thoughts on that 80 million? I know everyone's going to have in their heads, who shall we buy? Who, shall, who can fix our attack? Because once again, Werner, um, Pulisic and Mount as an attack, that's not really filling with confidence. We've been linked with Sancho. Maybe they expedited that transfer bid after this game. Um, Babs, what are you saying? Sancho, 80 million, would you do it? Hey, listen, man. Anybody that knows me knows just how big of a fan I am of this guy. Just the mentality to leave the country at 17, embark on a new journey and make a league his own. By 21, it's something we don't see every day, man. It's something we don't see every day. And there was that stat, you know, three consistent seasons of 30-plus goals and assists. That's the first time an English player has done that since David Beckham. Okay. Like it's insane. And I feel like having a player like that who is extremely experienced, you know, he started he started games consistently. He's owned his craft. You know, he's got extreme he's, he's got extreme amounts of composure in the box as well, which is something that we value. Yes. And I feel like having a player like that who's able to create chances for fun and he's so young, I, I feel like it would be insane not to do it. And I feel like a lot of people have said stuff like um, oh, you know, when you have someone like Haaland, you know, you could create a bunch of chances, but I don't know. I feel like people forget that this has probably been like his last seasons haven't been as creative as as his second and third. You know, yeah. like he was creating bags of chances even before Haaland was there. Yeah. You know, like this this is a lot of people say Bundes League attacks, but listen, this guy is eighteen to twenty one, putting up out of this world numbers, second only to a Messi. Okay. And I feel like having a player like that, you know, he's been a, he was a fan of the club growing up. Listen, man, it's a win-win. And, and, you know, just to get one over City, you know, for, for taking KDB, let's, 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 let's make it happen, man. Let's make it happen. All right, so before I go to Leeds with the final words, um, number one, N'Golo Kante has managed his... He's not injured. Tuchel said that he felt a little hamstring tinge, so they wanted to bring him off. Um, so Kante is all good. But also with um, Tuchel, before the match, he said, let's be honest, we haven't been making good decisions in the box since I've come here. So 100% they're going to want someone that makes better decisions in the box. So it means, what's your thoughts on Sancho for 80 million? Are you with it? Um, Sancho for 8 million, sell Pulisic straight away. Do it. Okay. Okay. Do okay. it. Like, because uh, immediately you have to... Jaden Sancho, yeah? Like, <laughs> we always talk about the Bundesliga attacks mm-hmm. um, and there might be some element of truth there. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you could see immediately with Sancho is his decision-making in the box. That's something that you can't question, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it this summer in the, in the, in the Euros, um, where he probably will star for England. Because, again, his final third decision-making is second to none. That's his exceptional quality. People talk about his dribbling. People talk about his crossing. His assist, but his decision-making in the final third, he always seems to make the right decision. And that's something that is very, very underrated. And, in fact, if you are a Chelsea fan, and you watch the way we play and watch what we do when we get into certain situations. Yeah. If Sancho gets into those situations, he will be making the right decisions. Yeah. When you make the right decisions, you invariably create chances and invariably will score goals. Um, so I honestly think that he will be a massive, massive plus for us yeah. if he does come to Chelsea. Um, any club that gets him will be you know, very, very lucky. Okay, that's the final word. Thank you for listening to Jesse Hour. We are almost there. The final stretch, hopefully get Champions League and hopefully win it, um, we actually win it this year. But um, yeah, thanks for joining me, Babs Meads. Thanks, Danny. It was a fun one. No problem, man. Take it easy. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Nice one.
Peace. He's done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. They've beaten Bayern in their own backyard. They've found the Holy Grail after a venture fraught with danger. And Drogba may never play for Chelsea again. He will never be forgotten. He's in Just came Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money keep quiet and ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap So I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it Sports Social Podcast Network